Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Climbers, an artist's job is to be vulnerable. And the one thing artists are most afraid of is being vulnerable. (laughs) So it's no wonder that of all the people on the planet that have to deal with haters, artists are the absolute worst at dealing with it. So today, we're going to give you some tools and break this down a little bit psychologically to help you deal with haters externally and internally. So check this one out. Awesome. Welcome to the class. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business, baby. Like, that's the good news. You don't need to pray for anybody to like you or to help you. You got to do it your dang self. It's in your own hands. You get a little momentum going and everybody's going to come out of the woodwork. And everything, and I mean everything on the planet, is negotiable. And the more leverage you have, the better deal you get, baby. Mm. That's why we called it the Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. Brent came up with that. Mr. Brent Baxter, who's a good friend and my co-host, also a hit songwriter who cares about who? You, the songwriter, because that's what I love about him. He wants to help you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and for years... On a regular basis, he's been helping you get in front of other pros that can help you on your climb. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but he is smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S. There is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Buddy, we're for the first time since, I believe we started this podcast, maybe the first time in seven years we're recording late at night. <laughs> That's right. I was th- I was just thinking about that going, man, we haven't done this in years, like since like late 2017, probably. Yeah. Like it's been, it's been a minute. Praise the Lord. And the way I'm feeling right now, like how the hell did we pull that off? Like, I do not know. <laughs> Cause we had to, we had to, because I had a, we had to, That's right. we had to, we had to step up. I had other obligations during the day while we started this podcast. That's right. Now I'm f- I'm footloose and fancy free, baby. No, I guess what I guess the moral of this story right here is I'm getting soft because I remember us starting podcasts at like 11 p.m. 
and it's 9.30, and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, this is how do we do this? And I was like, I got to get the kids in bed, Johnny, then I'll <laughs> then I'll be Johnny on the spot. Yeah, I don't have any kids in the bed. I got to get my teeth in the jar by 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm having a cocktail. It's been a long day, but a good day, mostly. A good, well, mostly, yeah. Met a climber today. I met uh, Johnny Guest. Awesome. Hey, Johnny Guest. And his wife, and what a couple of wonderful people they are they're super sweet awesome he said he'd been in songwriting pro for a while and you know got a bunch out of that awesome awesome and just really thankful for told me to tell you hi and thankful for all the knowledge you bestowed upon him so that's awesome i get jealous because you run into more people live than i do but uh it's <laughs> well good. this was like he actually reached out to me because they're from michigan but they're in nashville and he wanted to swing by and talk some business so that's that's what we were able to do and awesome awesome yeah and we just got into talking about that that's cool excellent well speaking of business we probably need to take care of a little bit right well, we or do. what are we talking about today well we're gonna talk about haters i mean mm-hmm. i uh i you know i just kind of have a you have a hook book i have a little climb hook book that's uh depleting of ideas for when i get caught <laughs> my pants down like i did today because I, I ended up on a phone call that went way too long and we were supposed to record at 7 30 and i fumbled the football on that yeah so thank you for being willing to do it at 9 30 but anyway yeah so well we don't make it to 418 episodes by giving up easily that's it <laughs> darn tins, that's right. darn tins. so yeah let's take care of a little business here join the climb community if you have not done it already go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community and it has to be let in. We let everybody in as long as you don't look nefarious or mm-hmm. sus. Like the kids say, sus. They sus. Do. If you look sus, you ain't getting in. And this is a place to hang out, man. I mean, this is like you can shout about your gigs, your songs, your recordings, your wins from the treetops and get a lot of people just patting you on the back going, good job. Welcome to the climb. We're happy that you're here. That's right. And you can get some good information in there as well. Actually got a compliment speaking to Johnny Guest today. Mm-hmm. It made my evening. He was like, you know, you talk about cutting edge. He goes, every time I turn on the podcast, like you're talking about something that's going down and I didn't even know it was going down. And like you always know. <laughs> and I was like, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. You know, he's like, you always got a good, a good way to look at it. Yeah. Like there are times when I think you and I have opinions on stuff, Brent, but I feel like we try to serve it up just the facts and as best we can mm-hmm. and let you think about it. Sometimes they'll be like, we feel this way, but we're not like spinning the the show to try to lead you one way or the other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As they say in Spinal Tap, I envy us because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of us. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got some wins. We celebrate the wins and we yes. share when you celebrate the wins on the Facebook and the client community, we celebrate the wins on the podcast and love all over you. So what we got going on today? That's right. As always, there are more wins going on than we have time to share, but we want to share some of these. So Kristen, and Kristen, I always say your I don't know how to say your last name. So we're gonna have to meet sometime and you can tell me how to pronounce it. But Kristen Bud or Buddy or Booty, I don't know. B-U-D-D-E. Anyway, she said- so They call her booty in, in, in uh, school. K-Boody? And that's probably K-Boody? traumatizing. K-Booty? What's K-Booty? up, K-Booty? K-Booty? Uh, said, uh, uh, now she's just going to be that from now on for me. Like, what's up, K-Booty? 
<laughs> Next time, just, you know, be like phonetically, it's this. Rhymes with, always works. But anyway, playing a showcase for Tennessee Songwriters Week this Friday after passing through a qualifying round last month. So congrats, Kristen, on playing that for Tennessee Songwriters Week. That's awesome. And of course, you have people, you know, going there, giving it a girls and congratulations and stuff, which we do because we know where to find it because you put it as a comment under the New Heights post, so they know where to go and congratulate you. Randy uh, Fincham says, got a surprise on my CSAC statement a few weeks back showing a TV show in France played one of my songs. That is a first for me. Nice. So awesome, Randy. Congrats on that. And um, yeah, so we have others, but this is kind of what we have time for right now. But congrats to Kristen and Randy. And- well, let's talk about our win with the Arkansas. We have a win that we want to turn into a bigger win. This is where y'all can come in. We the Climb Show is nominated. Uh, for hold on, the- hold on. Before you, before you start, like I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna make this an official statement. Okay. An official request. We're coming up on eight years. We've been given, 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 expecting nothing in return. Well. We're calling in a favor right now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm calling in a favor. All right, go. <laughs> All right. So the Climb Show has been nominated for the uh, 2024 Arkansas Country Music Awards. How did we get nominated for that? Well, one thing, I'm an Archie. So there we go. That's our connection to that. And we're nominated for in the category of best publication slash blog slash podcast. Uh, so we're one of the final nominees and voting runs for March 1st through March 14th. So at the time this comes out, you'll have a couple days to get ready, to get your clicking finger ready, because we want you to click on over to ArkansasMusic.org, and then it has a thing up at the top. You can click vote, but ArkansasMusic.org, and you can you can go vote for us, and we would appreciate it. And it's fun seeing some friends of mine that are also nominated in different categories. and. Mm-hmm. Always a good time. So I'm going to see if I can make it down there to Arkansas and Conway to to go to the live event. But yeah, we would appreciate your vote. Let's see, March 1st through the 14th, ArkansasMusic.org. We'll put a link up in the show notes so you can just click and vote. Faux click show. and vote. Click and vote. That's right. So have you ever been to one of those events? No, I've not. I've been wanting to, but they finally just had to nominate me to really make me really consider it. It's hard to get out of the house, man. That's a good time. It's hard to get out of the house. These are so busy. We're so busy. <laughs> well, um, so I, one more win I want to talk about our, our win. Like, so I got to love on Brent a little bit. So, you, uh, I remember we got 100 episodes in on Song Title Challenge, and then it hit me like a two ton heavy thing. And I'm like, <laughs> like, we have so many friends that are songwriters. Why the mm-hmm. hell are we not inviting them on as a third yeah. to bring them into the room and do song title challenge with us? Cause there'd be so many benefits to that. Right. Uh, well, I know why we didn't. Cause it's like extra phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> More work to do, but more work. But, I mean, it was like, it, this would be what a great way to like reinvigorate old relationships so that you can get into some rooms. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it starts relationships for me mm-hmm. because then you know now I I be like, hey man, you want to write with my artist, you know, or something like that? Like, what's going on? Yeah, and we did it. Now we're like what sixty in? Or- uh, let's see. I think we're yeah. I think we're sixty in on those. We're about to drop episode one sixty one of that, so it'd be their sixty first one with a pro guest. And so we, you and I were joking. And we're just like, what? how? I was almost like disappointed with myself because I'm like, like why didn't? So obvious. Like why didn't we think about that before? Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I'm like, well, we just got to take them one nightmare at a time. You know? Yeah. And then Brent 
comes up with this brilliant freaking idea, like what, a couple months ago or maybe a month ago. I can't remember how long About ago. About a month. Yeah, it started basically start of the year. So at start of the year, it's like, you know, we both got lists and we send out the podcast to people on our list and we're going that, but we both have like a lot of industry contacts mm-hmm. and we should create a list where we're shipping out the podcast to specifically to industry people. Mm-hmm. And I just, you said that and I was just like, I felt like an idiot. I'm like, well, duh, of course, that's genius. Why, why didn't we do that before? You're like, hey, man, just like you told me, bro, like, it was going to take one nightmare at a time. Yeah. And now, what do we have? We got labels reaching out. Hey, hey, put our artists on. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, all right, Ken, we like that. <laughs> that yeah. worked out right, really right, right quick. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like, what do we do? Oh. What do we do? We asked. We just said, hey, we're here. And they're like, oh, you could talk to some of our artists. Yeah. Oh, you're here? You exist? Oh, well, there we go. By the way, those labels, those artists on that label, I went and saw my boy Brandon the other night. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's put together this, um, he sounds, he can sound like it remarkably like James Taylor. Oh, wow. And he's a brilliant singer and a killer musician, killer writer, just a real deal guy. And he has put together like a tribute band, James Taylor. So he didn't have to work a day job anymore. He can go do this thing. Nice. And I was like, dude, like, yeah, he was asking me like, what do you, what do you think about that? Like, I was just like, I, I don't pass go, you know, like just collect your $200. Like, why aren't you doing that? Right. Yeah. Like ditch your day job on the side. And, and so I, I said, go for, there's a million, you know, really good agencies, like booking agencies out there, just dealing tribute bands. Mm-hmm. I said, with as good as you sound, you'll get it in a heartbeat. He's got the biggest one and it's all happening. Well, I went out and saw, they did like a little rehearsal at the local a couple of days ago. Yeah. And like 4.30 to 5.30. And so I popped in and caught like, caught like the last couple of songs and we just had a minute to talk because guess what? He was headed over to that label to do some writing and a couple other things like that. I'm like, well, nice. tell her I said hi. And, you know, and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like, so we got to come in the side door too. To get them day. surrounded. Yeah, it's a small group. And so a little lesson for that. That means when you got a target you were trying trying to hit, as in, whether you're a writer, trying to get to somebody, an artist trying to get somebody to label or whatever, you get them surrounded. Yeah. Multiple points of contact. So that's the lesson in that is like come at them from all directions. Yeah, that's right. And then and then take it like because I, I didn't hesitate. I'm like, you're going where? Really? Okay. Do you know so and so? Yeah. Go tell her this. Yeah. You know, and then we we had another angle in there. And next thing you know, you're famous to that person because you're like, I hear about them everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. It's so fun so, when that happens. A little free tip for y'all. All right. So let's go the other way and talk about some haters. Haters. All <laughs> right. You know, I just had some different conversations, I guess, with some artists in the somewhat recent past about haters and that's what kind of gave me the idea just to maybe share some tools that i use to deal with this like internally and externally Mm -hmm. and also put a better perspective on it yeah okay because i think with perspective comes peace yeah if you think about like if you live day to day, let's say it, you look at it like a stock market chart, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like jagged ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. Yeah. And your day to day, you'll climb a tower with a gun. Yeah. Right. But when you get perspective and you zoom out, all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're trending upward though. Yeah. So today sucks because we're on this huge down thing, but you know what? We're still ahead of the game. We're still playing our house money mm-hmm. and it's been forever increasing since we started the stock market way back in whenever, 100 years ago. Yeah. And there's no evidence that that's ever going to disappear. 
Like we keep getting more productive. If you look at your career like day to day, it's kind of like thinking about global warming and you're like, oh my gosh, the way the temperatures have been going up the last two weeks, like we're all about to die. You're like, dude, it's spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you only look at the past two weeks, it was like, you know, it's getting warmer because summer's coming. Like, why don't we look at the long term? Oh, or at the other end of the year. Oh my gosh, we're all about to die. Of, we're all going to freeze to death. Dude, it, no, it's it's just getting to be wintertime. This is what happens. You look at the long term, right? Yeah, because there's often, and there's often like, <laughs> there's other stuff that can explain it, you know, which, but kind of like that it's a nice segue right into what we're going to talk about. Yes. Long view of it. Yeah, it's a long view. You have to. But what's an artist's strength is, is usually like empathy. Mm-hmm. So they are, they feel other people's pain and they're able to translate it and they're able to do that. So it's hard to let that go. But I will tell you that part of your job description as an artist is you have to be compelling. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any haters, and we've said this before in the show, you're not doing it right. Like that, you should be freaking out about not having haters. Yeah. Not about having haters. Yeah. It's like, does anyone, does vanilla have haters? Does what? Vanilla? No. You know, does vanilla have haters? No. No, but is it anyone's favorite? It's kind of the thing of uh, you got to be a strong enough flavor for someone to love it. If the opposite of love isn't hate, the opposite of love is apathy. Yes. Yes, like I, I don't care. And when they when they hate it, you're really you're really you're, you're you're they care they care. And your job as an artist is to make them feel something, right? You know. Now you're got this target over here that you're aiming for, and it may not be pleasing to you as an artist to find out that you made somebody really feel something that was far removed from the target you're aiming for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I get that, but. You're making them feel something. Yeah. And that's hard to do because you're right. You know what the worst thing in the world is? Apathy. Boring. Yeah. The worst thing my song can do is leave somebody the way they it found them. Yeah. If it doesn't produce some sort of change emotionally or whatever, then then it's failed. Love it or hate. I, I kind of think of it the way I think about my jokes, my puns, my dad jokes. I'm like- Thank God your songs are better than your dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. I, I spend longer on them. Typically, <laughs> but if I make my kids laugh or roll their eyes and groan, possibly fall on the floor from disgust, either is equally good. Job done. Yeah. Well, job well done. Job done. Mission accomplished. I got a response, baby. <laughs> I'm good either way. You know, you heard one. Thank you. I'll be here all night. I'm dad. I live here. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, really the same way with songs, you know, like love it or hate it is going to be well done. So then it's just a matter of taste. Yeah. Yeah. So, when you're compelling, when you're a really compelling artist, what that means is that people are going to feel strongly about you one way or the other. This is what we're discussing, right? So mm-hmm. love or hate, you're winning because if they're passionate about their opinion of you, then that means you're doing your job right. Mm-hmm. Now, part of, you know how when we talk about marketing and stuff on here, and I have to remind artists that they have the curse of knowledge with music, Right. Mm -hmm. Because you can, you know, as an artist and a songwriter, you can listen to a song once, a demo once, a master sound recording once, and you're in Mm -hmm. and you see the three dimensionality of it and you hear the kick drum and you know there's a P bass in there and uh, you might even know who's playing that P bass. But that's not 
the experience of the, your average listener. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to hear it seven times before they stop ignoring it in their brain. Right. So you have the curse of knowledge. Well, when it comes to haters, you have the curse of knowledge too, because you're going to react to that based and, and look at that through a certain lens, right? And as long as you have awareness of that lens, it can, what's the word I'm going to look for? Like quell the overwhelming feelings of the, the yucky feelings. <laughs> yeah. Because, because you're like, oh, okay, here's, here's why I'm reacting. Like example, right? Maybe you're the kind of person that loves the underdog, right? Mm-hmm. So then you'll formulate an opinion on a new artist based on the rhetoric. You know, maybe someone is, uh, if someone is disparaging an artist, right? Your natural instinct will be to defend them because you defend the underdogs and you believe in the underdogs. Yeah. Maybe someone is approving of an artist who's quote unquote, like underground, mm-hmm. right? Like this is, this is cool because it's, because it's not cool, right? Because yeah. it's underground. Nobody knows about it, right? And then you'll approve that too, because that's consonant with like your underdog core value. Mm-hmm. And the opposite is true. If you're the kind of person who always bets on a winner, right? You love the winner. You love the front runner, all that. Then you're going to, what are you going to react to? The success of an artist, right? Yeah. And the perception of success could manifest itself when a fan defends a naysayer or a hater on social media or something like that. So what lens are you looking at it through? Do you have trauma in your childhood Mm -hmm. from haters, right? And maybe you're reacting to that. I just don't want, I want haters to be the reason you tap out. I don't want haters to ever be a reason you get Mm self-doubt. You have to understand this with perspective and there has to be an intentional psychological approach to how you receive this information because it's not going to stop. I mean, think about Taylor Swift, right? With the football and all this, like, Mm -hmm. my God, it's the dumbest thing ever. And it's getting so ridiculous. I mean, we've already had the Super Bowl and everything, but it's, it got so out of hand that part of me was like, man, did she come up with this? Because <laughs> that would be brilliant, right? Because here's the news. Like, you, did you see the news? Did you see the numbers on what a Super Bowl commercial costs for 30 seconds? Uh, no, I haven't seen that this year. Seven million bucks. Woo, for 30 seconds. Okay. Taylor Swift got 57 seconds of airtime on the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> we love to hate her so much, right? And, and, and there's all these people like making such a big stink about her. Mm-hmm. And the airtime she gets when they, you know, they something good happens, bad happens yeah. to the Chiefs, whatever. They shoot to Taylor. What is she going to do? Yeah. That's $14 million of free press. Not counting all the coverage of her coverage. Right. Which is way more like it's, it's gotta be a hundred X. Yeah. For sure. A hundred X. Yeah. And when you're hit with that, I mean, you're going to react. Right. And the question is now when you react, like how do you examine your feelings? Right. Mm -hmm. How do you get, how are you going to process this information? If you're going to just be reactionary, you're going to be a train wreck. Yeah. And I don't want that for you. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's exhausting. It's, and it creates hurdles that allows you to get in your own way because some jerk said something bad. Like, yeah. you want the terrorists to win, right? I mean, yeah, th- that's not okay. And so you have to be like, okay, hold on. Feel bad if you did something wrong. Listen, nobody's without sin, right? We like I've done 
bad things before, right? mm-hmm. things I regret, things I should have done, said, made somebody feel bad or, yeah, same. or whatever. And when that's on me, I'm like, do I feel bad then? Yeah, because I got that coming to me. Mm-hmm. But for a rando hater that just wants to really just has the intention of getting over on you, mm-hmm. if you just take a beat after the reaction hits and your heart stops and you're like, oh no, somebody doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. And then you just take that beat and you realize you center, right? You're like, okay, wait, I didn't do, I don't even know who this person is. Oh yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm okay. And then what happens is actually that empathetic wire that you have in your soul mm-hmm. will start to fire in the right position, which is instead of feeling that pain and then all of a sudden hating on yourself as well, all of a sudden you're like, hey, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Because you realize it's on them because you don't even know this person. You didn't do it wrong. Yeah, it's not personal. I mean, you know, hey, you did something wrong and you hurt my feelings, you know, in a personal way is different than, hey, you suck. You don't sing well. Yeah. You play guitar for crap, whatever. That's a, that's a totally different thing than, hey, by the way, here's this moral failure on your part. Those are different conversations. A lot of time they make up both, right? I've, I've been having some, I'm writing with, uh, you know, our buddy Wilkes, friend of the show, and Haley Benedict, friend of the show mm-hmm. as well. And boy, there've been some fun conversations because they're both really good artists as well as good writers. Yeah. And so they... It's it's fun actually. I just kind of sit back and let them talk about it because they they're doing stuff and they're compelling, and so they they catch hate. Yeah, right. So yes. Haley will get stuff like that's not how you play Crazy Train when she does some TikTok. You know, she's a really good guitar player, man. She's got chops. She's earned them. Yeah. But she's like, there are different ways to play that. You know, this is this version and that version. You know, and she knows what she because she's educated. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. Or other people may just say, no, that's not how you do it. And they're completely wrong or, you know, and they'll get uh, Jason going, oh, well, if, if I had a million dollars worth of studio equipment too, I could sound like that. Like you're all auto-tuned and Wilkes is a vocal panther you know and he's like okay you know and <laughs> that's funny that that's right there just shows how ignorant they are you yeah. know it's like you think you hear auto-tune <laughs> yeah so he he educates his his community because he'll do videos and he's a fun follow wilkes music but yeah about like here's my gear this microphone, it captures my voice. It does not enhance my voice. Yep. It captures, you know, and he'll go through like all of his gear. Everything that's happening <laughs> yeah. with my voice. Uh, right. And so if I haven't done all the work that I've done on my voice to make it sound as good as it does when it's captured, it's going to capture crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah. So it's going to be a good representation of whatever's there. But anyway, so that's been fun to hear some of their conversations going, oh, I had this one guy say this one thing. And they can laugh about it because they know they're secure and they know what they they're doing. Seriously. Yeah. They man. know what they're doing. They know they're pros, you know, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, they're climbing. Yeah. You know, by the way, just a shout out to Wilkes. I think today, Marks, since he came out with that, the sad mm-hmm. thing. Well, and I've made some comments prior to that post on about like the work that he's been doing Mm -hmm. on social media, right? Like he's Mm -hmm. just dug in. This dude is dug in. Go look at his, I want you guys to go look at his reels account on Instagram Mm -hmm. and scroll all the way to the bottom, the first reel he made and take note of the amount of traffic that he had. It wasn't much. Yeah. And you can find him at Wilkes Music, W-I-L-K-E-S Music. Yeah, and then just keep sort of slowly scrolling up and you'll start to see like it's just uh, meh, 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 
meh, boring number, boring number, low number, low number, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. But he was consistent. He kept going. And then it started to ratchet up, ratchet up, ratchet up. And now he's got like, I think one with like 500,000 views. Mm -hmm. He's got a couple handfuls, 70, 80, 100,000 views. Got the 1.1 million. And that is, by the way, 1.6 million as of right now. Is that 1.6? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. And that's on Instagram Reels. I think it's TikTok's even better like probably so it's from the consistent work and so wilkes i'm just here to give you a shout out because i have used your account for like the fourth or fifth time in the last three weeks to send to other artists like chop chop cowboy look this is what you need to be doing look at this guy <laughs> look at what this guy's doing right here and i just but i want to show him the humble beginnings of the account you know yeah he didn't just come out of the box like a friggin' rock star with the numbers right he came out of the box like a rock star with his talent yeah but nobody gave a crap about it. Only a couple hundred people or whatever, because yeah. he only done one or yet. two or three posts. They didn't know. Yeah. And they hadn't seen it. So it was a big deal, you know? And yeah, there it is. The haters, you know? And you're, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of right now, I've got a very unique client in my number one corporate client's father mm -hmm. was the defense attorney oh. on a very, very, very super big, famous true crime murder case called the West Memphis Three. Mm -hmm. Multiple documentaries about it, a feature film about it. And he just came out with a book after 30 years of silence. And he's telling his side of the story and I'm promoting the book. Part of that story is these kids that, it's, you know, the 10 second version is three teenage kids got put in Sent one sentence to death, two others that were sentenced to life plus 40 years with zero evidence whatsoever because they were weird. And they were convicted of a murder of three eight-year-old kids in this town. Mm -hmm. And this was in 1993. And it was the height of like, we were out of our minds in this country on devil worshiping stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like Geraldo Rivera had a primetime show about witchcraft and devil worshiping and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was just on it, on that note, right? They were hitting that note. And because these kids wore like dark clothes and one of them was goth and it changed his name to Damien. It was mm -hmm. like named after like a saint or something. And also listen to Metallica. Mm -hmm. And that was the devil's music. Okay. Which who didn't, by the way, right in 1993, because Inner Sandman was... Yeah, huge. But you know what? That was deemed the devil's music. And now all of a sudden, Metallica's on trial too, right? And so they got a lot of haters because of all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It happened to Ozzy Osbourne. It happened to Judas Priest. Like, mm -hmm. these are bands who were just accused, you know, all this hate welled up. Because if you play this backwards, it says this or that. And they just the weirdest trials that they had to go through on account of what haters, man. It cost them millions mm -hmm. to have to do it. But you're not doing it right if you don't if you don't have haters like you're gonna have this so it doesn't stop there you know it, you really need to learn how to deal with the haters and you really need to be able to find your center and process this information through an intentional like examination of what's happening as opposed to reacting with your feelings because initially it's just your feelings and maybe a little bit of embarrassment if you're like lashing out at somebody on social media, but eventually mm -hmm. it's big money. And we're going to talk about some of that in a second here too. Okay. Great. But what are haters essentially like bullies, right? They're just trying to get over on you. Yeah. They're making themselves feel better by trying to make you feel like crap. Mm -hmm. And if you know, there, there's, there's two kinds of people on this planet. They're 
are people that get their energy very organically, right? From, from God, from the sun, from the earth, from the universe, like they just, energy flows through them and it comes through them. And the other kind of people are the people who get their energy from other people, mm-hmm. right? And they don't feel, those are your bullies. These are the people that are just always putting other people down because that makes them feel better. Yeah. By stealing your energy, if you allow them to take it, and somebody can only make you feel bad with your permission, right? Mm -hmm. By, if you give them permission to take your energy, then that's what happens with them. When you don't give them permission to take your energy and you don't react that way, then, by the way, first of all, it stops the bullies. It stops the hate yeah. from that person because they're like, oh, they're not getting the reaction. They need that energy mm-hmm. of the reaction. If they don't get that reaction, then it's no fun anymore for them. Well, you know what they say, don't feed the trolls, right? Don't feed them. Exactly. Yes. And that's yes. it. And that's why, because that's where they're getting their energy from. The question is, are you a food source or not? Yeah. And the good news is you get to decide that. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean, I'd say when you're an ascending artist, it's more, they're trying to get a rise out of you. Now, all these people like say for Taylor Swift or Beyonce coming over to country or whatever the hate of the week is, you know, it's, they're not trying to get Taylor Swift's attention. Probably that'd be, they'd love it if they could, right. but they're using it to build their own platform, to tell their own jokes, to get attention it's so not personal because they're using your brand to try and get a joke. Yes. It's like, is there a version of late night talk shows? I remember this is a long time ago, but watching Leno and some of those shows a long time ago. And, and I'd watch a monologue and it hit me one day. I was like, they're just kind of making fun of people. Yeah. You know, to get a laugh, the people aren't there. They're making fun of, but you know, they tell news stories or whatever. And sometimes they're just kind of mean spirited. I was like, Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. But it's the same thing on social media today. People are, Taking shots, yep. Just trying to build their own profile, build their own brand, look cool, look funny, look in the know, look like they're one of the cool kids. Because hey, everyone hates Nickelback now. We all got the memo. We all hate them now. Let's go, let's go, people. <laughs> we all hate Nickelback now. Go. Yeah. Oh my God. That uh, uh, just reminds me of one of those backwards tracking jokes. We were just talking about Ozzy or, and Judas Priest, and like you know, mm-hmm. if you play the record backwards. Which who the hell plays the record backwards? Like <laughs> only people looking to find something that they can be angry about. You, not, no man, back in the eighties, my cousin and I would like get some record, and we're trying to play this Queen record backwards. They're like moving it with our finger, trying to see if we could under hear like Freddie's the Devil or whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah. I never heard anything, but you're looking for it. You know, that's oh, yeah, the whole yeah. thing. You're, you're like looking yeah, for it because we'd heard there was stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so the only people doing that are people that are actually out there with an agenda, trying to find something, you know, yeah, otherwise yeah. everybody else is like, you should probably play it forwards. Cause you can hear the music, but sounds that's the old joke with yeah. Nickelback. It's like, you know, if you play Nickelback record backwards, you can hear the devil. But what's worse is if you play Nickelback record forwards. You hear Nickelback. <laughs> that was the best hater <laughs> joke. That's funny. I was like, Oh man, I like, that's horrible, but that's really good. Like, I, like that's good. So I go back to my first bully experience in the way that, I was forced to deal with it because of the way my father framed it and how he had it. You know, you got to know that my dad's is a Marine Mm -hmm. and you know, it's all about taking care of yourself. And 
fifth grade. I'm in a new town. I don't have any friends. It's first day on the bus and right out of the gate. I mean, I'm already feeling bad, man. By fourth grade where I had to leave that old town, I've, I've had some good friends there that I left. And mm-hmm. this was a little traumatic for me. It wasn't very exciting and bad, bad, bad. And then first day at a school on the bus. And I never ridden the bus before because I always rode my bike to school in my old place. Mm-hmm. And now I got a bully. Like what? the hell it's like this just can't get any worse you know like, yeah kidding and I, I went home and told my dad and, he, and i said you know what are you gonna do about it and he was like nothing and, and i was like <laughs> wait what you know and he's like I, i'm not gonna do anything I, I can't help you with this and i just i don't know how he looked at me with a straight face with the face that i must have had which yeah. was like a complete abandonment and betrayal, right. you know? Yeah. And I was like, you're supposed to protect me. He's like, I can't on this because, and this is, this is like a lesson I've carried with me forever. It's maybe one of the most valuable lessons he ever gave me, he ever gave me, but he's like, son, you're going to meet an a-hole like that every single day of your life <laughs> without a doubt. And I can't be there to protect you from them all. So I don't want you guys to fall into this. You know, we're, we're, we're very much in this politically spun oppressor and oppressed environment. Mm-hmm. And the whole anti-bully thing, like nobody wants a bully. If there's any ever anything we can do to prevent bullying, it's always a good idea. But the idea that you're ever going to eradicate bullying is false it's always going to be around you're gonna have to eradicate human nature yeah Yeah, you're gonna have to but what that line of thinking does while it's well-intentioned and it comes from a good place is it it teaches us to be victims right it teaches us to be like Mm -hmm. well if we can't eliminate this bully and therefore we can't eliminate bullying then now i'm gonna have to suffer yeah with this bully and that's not the case like it's up to you to choose that and this is really huge because you know, we're talking about haters here, like on social media and stuff, but this is now we're going to take it up a level. Okay. Okay. And we're going to talk about reaching your hopes and dreams and everything that where you go on an incredible run of success. Okay. And you're arguably at the top of your game. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Still got haters. They're going to have more. Still got bullies. Still got people that are in the, no, but people that are in your way that are literally in your way. <laughs> yeah. Not like, going to make you feel bad, but people that are in your way. So we're going to talk about like real quick, Motley Crue here. Okay. They sold 40,000 records, an indie record that they made in Los Angeles. You have to realize when Motley Crue first came out in the early 80s, they had a lot of makeup on. They they kind of almost looked like chicks, Mm -hmm. but they weren't like effeminate, like poison took it to a whole new level, you know? Yeah. But Nikki Six would light himself on freaking fire. I mean, this looks like some kind of sick, circus sideshow yeah okay is this not look like a rock band or a rock actor or anything and everybody was like literally appalled by it nobody <laughs> was gonna find it and then they went and they sold forty thousand records on their own mm-hmm. there's a bidding war and electra records won and they signed with electra records the president of electra records this is somebody that can stand in your way mm-hmm. hated it yeah you know electra this was electra's first foray into rock Mm -hmm. for an artist roster before that it was all artists you Mm. know like singers and songwriters like bet midler and these incredibly talented people that electra was a very highbrow brand right this is like a cadillac brand we are not driving around the gutter 
picking up gutter rats from the friggin' Hollywood yeah. and trying to turn them into stars. And that's exactly how that president felt. And they put out the next record, which was Shout at the Devil, right? Mm. And they went on tour with Ozzy Osbourne. That thing blew up. It did incredibly well for them. They were on their way. Then Girls, Girls, Girls did really good. And then they had... Uh, not Girls, Girls, that was, uh, the next was Theater of Pain. So Theater of Pain comes out and the band wants to release, I mean, if, if I say Motley Crue, name probably their most popular song, what would you say it would be? I'm trying to think back to the 80s now. Well, you got me I'm thinking of the Girls, Girls, Girls now. What do we got here? Um, well, I think I'd like Dr. Feelgood, Kickstart My Heart. Mm-hmm. Well, most people would think probably Home Sweet Home. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ballad, mm-hmm. it really sort of, after that song and that video, it just blew that record up to a whole nother level. And then every rock band after that had a ballad on on the thing. Well, Home Sweet Home, mm-hmm. label hated it. <laughs> yeah. You know who paid for that video? I'm guessing. Molly Crew. Yeah. And they put it on MTV. And it was like, I think to this day that it is the most spun video in the history of MTV. Oh, wow. So here's a situation where they're getting haters from internal, from their own team. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to know better. And they're like, nah, we think this is good. And we're going to do it. Right. And so, boom, they go and they do it. and, And it blows up. It's absolutely huge. And... They never had a number one record until Dr. Feelgood, which was Kicks Up My Heart and all that stuff. Okay. And the whole time, I mean, of course, if one person in the corporate world goes to the president, you know, like, oh, well, we don't like this about Molly Crew. The president's going to agree because he hates him. Yeah. Yeah. The band, the president of your label hates you. And then they hit number one mm-hmm. with Dr. Feelgood. And and then this guy tries to call Nikki and <laughs> tell him congratulations. He always believed in him. And Nikki told him to go have himself. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean by centered people. This is not irreverent when it's right. You know, they've been, they've been dealing with this for a long, long time. And they hated him so bad that like literally when the whole relationship fell apart, they still owed Nikki money. And he was like, you know what? Just they owed the band money. The label did. And they're like, look, just give us our masters and we'll call it even. Oh. And he said, okay. Now that moment right there, that decision right there, where I talk about, like, uh, I think about Bruce Lee, right? Where it's like, you know, you have to be like water. Right, yeah. You know, like his whole fighting style was to take the momentum that somebody was using to throw a punch at you or a kick at you mm-hmm. and then move in such a way that you're actually going to take that inertia, that energy, that negative energy coming towards you and put it back at him. Yeah. And that's exactly what Nikki did brilliantly. You know, he's like, you know, after he tells him to go screw himself and, and they're going to they're going to end their relationship with Electra, they still owe him money, like $15 million. Like, you know what? Just give us the masters and we'll call it even. And they're like, okay. And to date, those masters have generated over $150 million of revenue and have been probably, if it's not the sole reason, it's the major reason why Motley Crue can still afford to tour Mm -hmm. and do, and still afford to keep that brand going this many years after the fact where most of the eighties bands aren't relevant anymore. It kept them relevant because they were getting the revenue and not the label. Mm -hmm. And that happened because they were faced with all these haters, but they didn't let that stop them. And they, they look, they're like, okay, you can hate us all you want, but 
we're going to spend the money and make this video and we're going to give us the masters, right? That kind of a thing. I think of Howard Stern, mm-hmm. who, you know, was just finally found his voice, became, started to become himself, and then all of a sudden started to skyrocket. And he was a def, like one of the first shock jocks. Yeah. And he's in Washington, D.C., and he has the number one show in Washington, D.C., and his share in Washington, D.C. was beating the number one show in NBC, the flagship station in New York, which is the number one radio market in the country. Mm. And it, by the way, his dream of dreams, like artists, what, what's, what's a typical artist's dream, a pinnacle of like, a bucket list thing to do, Brent. I got one in mind. Hey, Madison right Square Garden. Hey, Madison Square Garden. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So for him, it was be on NBC radio, the, the the flagship cornerstone station in New York. That means you're in the number one market. That means you've made it. And there's there's no higher place to go because at that time, Sirius XM and a half a billion contract didn't exist yet. Right? Yeah. So he's number one in the market. They hired him simply because he was number one in D.C. and his numbers were beating the numbers of their number one DJ for the same slot in New York. And so they just said, get him. Nobody listened to the show. That might have been a mistake. Yep. Nobody listened to the show. And he gets there. And I mean, think about how you would feel like you're going to go play Madison Square Garden. This is it. You've earned it. Like you have worked your butt off for years yeah. to get here. All that, And then you get in there and then somebody's like, oh, wait, hold on a second. This isn't going to happen. Yeah. We're going to try to take away from you. You know, that is exactly what happened to him. And he had to fight. They tore apart his team. Mm -hmm. They separated him and Fred and they separated Robin. And they just tried to like pound him and terrorize him, literally terrorize him into quitting because his contract was solid and he wouldn't give up until finally he hit number one in New York. Mm. And then, then they laid off him. Yeah. But Haters, man, from inside. Here's one I'll bet you didn't know. You know what the biggest NXS record was? I mean, I imagine it's like Need You Tonight, whatever that record. Um, Devil Called Inside. Kick, Kick yep. yeah. Called Kick, Devil Inside, Need You, you Tonight. You tested my knowledge of stuff for like 30 years ago. Uh-huh. Never Tear Us Apart. I mean, there was like, I think, four or five top 10 singles on that. Yeah. Okay, you want to talk about haters right now, people? Atlantic Records heard that. And said, this is never going to work. And we will, and by this time, they'd already had hits on the radio. And so the label like believed in them, but was hating on the record and said, we will pay you $1 million in cash to scrap this record and go back and start over. Wow. That's the only NXS stuff I know is that record. Yeah. Think about that. That's freaking crazy. That's crazy. And they said, no, we're going to put out. And actually, they did. then they did a couple things mm-hmm. behind the scenes to sort of boost up the popularity of that record to, because they still needed to get the corporation to do something, right? Yeah. And lo and behold, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's sold over 10 million copies. Like, it's a huge, huge, huge mega record. Yeah. So when you're dealing with haters, guys, it's their baggage. It's not yours, you know? Your job is not, and you could never be loved by all people. You can never be all things to all people. And that's what artists want, though. Yeah. They want to be loved. They want to be all that. But you have to know it's going to come with some haters. And so wear it like a badge of honor, you know? When someone's hating on you, don't feel bad about it. You, you honestly have to look at yourself and say, bless your heart. Because 
when you're getting hated on like that, I want you to think about the incredible amount of energy, negative energy that it took for someone to, first of all, think that about you mm-hmm. when you caused them no harm, right? Yeah. And then type that down or write that down or yell it out at a concert or something. Mm-hmm. And then somehow make sure that it's delivered to you and that you see it. Yeah. That is just something that no artist would do, right? We're peace, love, and grooviness. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we don't have that much negative energy in us. And that is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And really, that's where the empathy should go, right? Like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. Every time I've ever been hated on, like with an email or something like that, I just, I'm like, hey, because I know I didn't do them wrong. I'm like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? Because I, listen, I know you must be having a bad day because I didn't do this. So, you know, is there something I can help you with? Mm-hmm. And 100% of the time, it completely turns around. To, I'm so sorry, man. I, I am having a bad day. And this is what happened. Like, okay, cool. You know, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. But, you know, and they're apologizing to me. It's like, hey, man, I never took it wrong, the wrong way. You know, like I knew this was just you venting, right? Yeah. And in some ways, I think sometimes that especially the haters know you or are in your proximity. You know, a lot of artists have a ability to walk into a room and they just, they, they're like a, the blue bug light and they attract everybody. Yeah. They just have, like, I know for me, I, I know Janelle's the same way. Like we walk in, there are people we don't even know come up and want to tell us their life story. Mm-hmm. You know, they just feel like it's okay to open up. Well, sometimes that energy manifests itself negatively. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what they say about, you know, what they say, you know, about hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. A lot of it, either they're just trying to use you for their own glorification of whatever, or they're just looking to hurt somebody because they hurt. And knowing that I think can help you go, okay, this is not personal. And so I think that's just an important thing to realize. Yeah. That, oh, you know, that, you know, the saying, some of these people that are so negative online, you just want to go, they must be really fun at parties. Yeah. Right. I mean, that person has to wake up and be them tomorrow too. And that sucks. That's what I've told people before is like, man, you had to deal with them for a second, but they got to be them all day long. And just having that frame of, I mean, not just belittling people or whatever, but just realizing like, have that kind of venom start up in you. Not good. Like, no, sorry. Sucks to be you. I'm sorry about that. I don't have to say that to you. I just go on my merry little way. Yeah, but 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 don't. But by all means, you just can't let it get under your skin. Yeah, because it's got nothing to do with you. Yeah, for sure. So on that note, I mean, I'm going to wrap it up here and just say, like, wear the, the haters like a badge of honor, man. No, the more you get, the the better you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and because that means you got ten times the amount of lovers. You know, the people that are loving you, and I think a lot of times too, artists maybe try to curate the optics on social media mm-hmm. don't yeah leave the negativity up mm-hmm. it's real it's it's a real emotion you i know if you're an artist that you pride yourself on being authentic mm-hmm. don't you dare go curating the real comments and the real feelings from people no matter how negative they are mm-hmm. that's not authentic by the way that's milk toast okay yeah and leave it up there because, by the way, you remember we were talking before about how some people are framework, they love an underdog or whatever. Yeah. Well, there are people that will go to a music video and go to check out an artist and the top comment is, is horrible. And before they even look at the dang video, they're going to go defend that artist. Yeah. Because they're there to, to fight for the underdog. Mm-hmm. 
as part of their core value. I mean, you'd see that in politics that some people will defend their politician of choice even harder they're going to dig in their heels when they see the other side, the more over the top they are in their hatred and their attack of their of that opponent, like even the more those people are going to like that politician's team is going to rally around them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just digging people's heels in. And so it happens in politics. You, you can see it. And I think it, it happens in music too, that like it's going to rally people that already love you. Like you're not your haters, but your lovers even more so dig in their heels. Like, no, that's my guy. Don't mess with my guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I've had that happen with artists where like actually very specific to this part of the show that we're talking about was like, leave the negativity up on social media. I had a young artist. I was working with a young female. She was like 13 maybe. Mm -hmm. And she had developed a pretty nice following on social media, like 40, 50,000. And these kids like lied on traffic for this little girl. Mm -hmm. They absolutely loved her. And her parents who were managing her social media would systematically curate out all the negative stuff. Mm -hmm. And I said, stop doing that, you know, because here's the reality. I'll bet everybody listening to my voice right now, if you don't have one of these yourself, you know, somebody who does, who has a best friend, the ride or die homie that will go to the ends of the earth, no matter what for the friend mm -hmm. that started out in contention. Yeah. They initially hated each other. It's every rom-com, baby. Every rom-com. Yeah, because it's real, you know. But listen, great relationships are forged out of adversity. And so that's, again, it's it's like, don't be milk toast. Leave that up there. That's proof that you're real, by the way. When you get that kind of a profound reaction, it's going to trigger another kind of profound reaction on the other side from somebody else. And your fans will defend you. Mm -hmm. I told the parents of this of this artist, I'm like, leave it up. Like, are you kidding? I'm like, no, leave up the negative comments. So they did. And God bless that boy that said something horrible to her because <laughs> they were vultures. They, I mean, it was like literally all mom and dad and me got scared. <laughs> Those kids were friggin' vicious, right? And they just tore that kid to shreds, man. It's like it's a starving uh, pack of pigs in a barn when you throw them a dead body, you know, and in like seconds it's gone, like piranhas. Like, I mean, nothing. And literally the dad then had to go in at some point and defend the kid. <laughs> I hate her. Because he like literally was just being torn apart. Yeah. So know that. So guys, I mean, listen, if you don't feel but hurt with this kind of negativity, you're not human. But I just wanted to give you some tools to process it, some ways to think about it, a lens to look through it so you can realize it's not about you. It doesn't feel good, but it is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And be careful how you handle it, like internally. Don't let that get under your skin. Don't let that cause any self-doubt. Don't let that make you quit. Don't let that make you question anything. And externally, don't go off. Don't react, yeah. you know, because sometimes that can be a blessing, right? Like it was for Motley Crue. Yeah. Or they're going to be like, no, we're going to turn this around. Or you're going to need to hold your ground and say, no, this is really good. And my team doesn't like it, but I know that this is good. And I'm going to have to find another way in to get them back on board yeah. and, and sell them on this song or this album. Okay. Or go write a song like Shake It Off and go make a, like a few million dollars off of it. That's always pretty good revenge. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, guys. So, uh, hey, man, if you haven't done so already, go download the free the PDF 
the uh, whoever owns the traffic rules the road. It's my gift to you. Just go to giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. Tell me where to send it. It is a stout PDF. It's like 38 pages. Easy read. There's a lot of pictures in there. Don't worry. And it's just going to help you disengage from and understand better how you are marketed to, which was a broadcasting methodology, and then how to be careful not to make the mistakes of trying to do broadcast marketing and promo strategies on a digital platform because that can work against you and the more you know the better off you'll be all right so this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.